Just remember, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. Welcome to A Special Place in Hell, the podcast where an aging Gen X author and a self-hating millennial activist come together to thoroughly and conclusively solve our culture war problems with our combined wit, wisdom, and most importantly, lived experiences. I am the aging Gen X author, Megan Daum, and with me is the self-hating millennial, Sarah Hader. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Hi Megan. Um, happy Independence you, Day. Happy Independence Day. Um, happy. Uh, how how are you hating uh, yourself uh, today as we celebrate? Um, well, well, today actually, I'm 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 practicing self love today mm. um, as an act of resistance. I'm reclaiming okay. my own story, and I'm going to get my nails done. Yeah, I think it's a good day to get your nails done. Apparently so. Uh, we heard from uh, AOC, um, their uh, clip uh, was making the rounds where she, uh, yeah, she goes to, she, she says she's going on an errand and she's going to get her nails done um, as, a, as a way of um, celebrating her and her story. And really, because anything can be an act of resistance, um, including resistance to having ratty nails. I understand that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things. Like if you, you know how, if you put radical in front of anything, it totally changes it. Mm. Like you could say like, can you get a radical manicure? I think so. Yeah. 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 I like that. Radical. We're radical. It's a radical. Yeah. It's a radical radical act of self care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, AOC. There's there have been several things floating around uh, in the um, in the Twitter sphere that that we'll talk about. But yeah, the main thing is it's um, yeah it's it's Fourth of July weekend. Um, I don't know uh, how much we can celebrate, of course, because as women we don't have any independence at all now that the Roe has been overturned. So, what are you gonna do? So Megan, we're gonna be done? we're gonna be accused of being flippant about this again um Mm. but listen isn't what aoc her act of resistance and getting her nails done isn't that also very flippant i mean isn't that also insulting to what to to well except she's being sincere about it oh okay is that the difference (laughs) (laughs) i mean i I mean, just okay. Who takes her seriously at this point? Like, I know know a lot of people people who were really jazzed about her in the beginning, but are those people still around? I think I think they are. I think that she has a lot of young fans. Um, She's, you know, and she's remarkable in a lot of ways. Like, I'll give her credit. Um, She knows her audience. She understands. She reads the room, you know, really, really well. Um, She picks up language from, you know, around her, uh, you know, social um, milieu, I guess. How do you say that? How do you say that? Milieu. I would say milieu. Did you, you got, somebody dinged you for mispronouncing some word though the last time, right? Which was, that was racism because I'm I'm an immigrant. (laughs) (laughs) You, was it, was it like one of those things where you were pronouncing the name of a country like Nicaragua or something? it, It was the word biases yeah biases? ironically I don't know it was the word bias yeah it might <laughs> mm. as well have been the word um you know prejudice 
supremacist. White supremacist. Yeah. <laughs> How did you say biases? Did you say biases? See, now I don't it? know. Because I, I, I read the critique and I, I listened to the to the – a link he sent about how to say it properly. And now I, I forget which, which is the way I was saying it and which is the proper way. I'm just going to say biases. Yeah, I think that's correct. I don't remember okay. you saying that in any abnormal way. Mm, I, but I yeah. Uh, so what were, oh, Milia. Yeah. So AOC, yes, she's definitely like a genius at, um, you know, TikTok videos, etc. Um and this whole idea of reading the room, it, uh, I understand like the, the usefulness of it, but I also feel like that just gets kind of like, you know, if you, if you say anything that's counter narrative, you get accused of not reading the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wonder if a lot of people were not reading the room this past week when they had things to say about Roe being overturned that weren't um, necessarily as uh, catastrophizing as some people might have liked. Yeah, I think that was us, maybe. Um, and, you know, it made me think about what we're doing on this podcast. And, you know, I, I was thinking about why I wanted to do it in the first place. Um, and I, I, so I've, I've been, been wondering that myself, Sarah, <laughs> especially with me. So I, I've been accused of, you know, not reading the room all the time. That's what I do, like, professionally. This is... Um, I, I, I say the things you're not supposed to say. I think Megan, you're in a similar position now and that's, or have always been. Always. Um, I've never read the room. I'm I'm room illiterate. Well, so, I mean, it's not that I, it's not that I literally can't read it. I understand (laughs) that there's a, there's a something that I'm supposed to be saying and doing. It's just that I can't get the words out of my mouth. I just, it, it if it feels untrue, I don't want to say it in that way. And I think that when it comes to Roe um, or any sensitive topic um, or any topic that's going to affect a lot of people in a lot of different ways, um, I expect we will fail at, you know, striking the very perfect balance tone fairly regularly and and I think maybe readers or listeners can can expect that from us right um and you know that's not what I what I promise to bring to this podcast and to our subscribers yeah I don't yeah yeah yeah. I mean that's not why they come to us well I, I wanted to run something by you I've kind of like have a thought experiment um Sarah if I may um so okay if if abortion, I, I always had this kind of pet theory that if abortion is legal and available, which I think it should be, um, should men have the right to say, say within the first trimester, that they want nothing to do with this? So basically, if, if a woman can get pregnant and say to a guy, um, I'm going to have this baby it's up to me. You have no say in this. And you're going to have to support me, you know, support this child in some fashion for the next 18 years. If that is a right, would it not also make sense for the man to be able to say, um, okay, if you're going to have this baby, I don't want any part of it. Um, I have no parental rights and um, I cannot be forced to support it financially in any way. How come we don't have that? Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think it's just, it's interesting because I think the pro, the people who would get in the way of that um, would be, you know, feminists on the one hand, not from the pro-choice angle, but from the perspective of like, uh, you know, mothers and children deserve support. Um, but I, I, I think, I think pro-lifers would be upset by that. Um, because I don't think, I think they want to make sure that there are as few hurdles as possible in the way of a woman having, you know, giving birth to a child, um, or at least, you know, uh, to, to make it as, as feasible as right. possible for her, her to have a child and to take away this kind of, uh, support, uh, or a guarantee of support would would probably make some women lean in the direction of abortion. So I think yeah, that the, it's, the it kind of incentivizes having the baby. Yes. Yeah. So I think that we're going to get we would get a lot of pro life um, bristling at the at the thought of this. But I think it is you know not the same um, exact scenario, but it is similar in the sense that your your income is is a product of your labor. Um, and your labor is how you spend your time on this, you know, in, in this, in this world, in this one life. And, you know, why shouldn't men have the choice to not be parents as well? Um, wh- what do you think gets in the way of, of more people accepting this? Of that working? <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of things. I, I mean, it, if, if it's a small community, you know, pro- it's like, there's a good chance that, that child would be growing up in the community and then the, the biological father would still be in that community and the mother would know, he would know, people would know. I mean, there's all kinds of this. This is like very much a thought experiment, like I said. But, you know, I, I do think that part of what's, you know, been difficult about this, the abortion conversation is that it's always revolving around women. It's her choice, uh, on demand. The men don't have any... Um, any standing to talk about this? Why are we, why do, you know, white male Supreme Court justices and why are male lawmakers having any say in this whatsoever? Like that's very much part of the rhetoric for obvious reasons. But, you know, the fact is that abortion being available is immensely helpful to men. I mean, it makes, it has made their lives a whole lot easier as well. Um, and, and one of the things that I noticed, I don't know how overblown this is, but I, I noticed there's this kind of like this movement of younger men now in response to Roe being overturned, saying that they're going to get vasectomies um, as a sort of um, you know, form of allyship. <laughs> so like guys in their 20s. I mean, granted, this... <laughs> This was in the New York Post because apparently there was, um, you know, there were some urologists being quoted as saying that there was like, you know, a 500 percent uptick in men calling um, about scheduling vasectomies. Now, I don't that's that could very well be true because a lot of those men are probably married and they're in they've had all their kids and maybe they would have gotten a vasectomy you know at some point but they just didn't get around to it and now seems like a good time so okay but like the idea that there are these like very young men who are certain that they don't want kids and so they're going to have a vasectomy it's like i feel like saying well so does that suggest that you were just sort of relying on abortion as a form of birth control kind of because yeah, yeah. if that's the case you are playing right into the hands of the 
pro-lifers. Mm-hmm. Or, or in general, just uh, putting the onus on on the woman to 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 do all the birth control. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I'll, it's like I don't know. I just I I wonder too because like you know in your age cohort is there a sense that uh, abortion is like a pretty that it you know that perhaps we don't have to worry so much about birth control because abortion is available and it is there and it's probably you know wasn't going to be that hard to get and there's also these pills now like do you get a sense that maybe women were a little bit um you know I don't want to say lax but perhaps not as worried about getting pregnant because abortion Mm -hmm. has been so available it's hard for me to say because I think the 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 women around me are responsible women, (laughs) you know, it's not, I I don't, I don't actually know too many women who've gotten an abortion, um, uh, like in my, in my wider circles. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could speak to that. Really? Um, You don't, it's not something that people talk about. Do you think that they would not talk about it? Maybe they wouldn't talk about it or maybe, maybe because it's not an issue or maybe they wouldn't talk about it with me, but I, I I mean I'd I'd like to think that I'm a fairly non-judgmental person when it comes to especially when it comes to things like this, but also in general. Yeah, you should be judgmental um, <laughs> in other ways though, for sure. Yeah. But I haven't um, you know, I, I think birth control is commonplace enough that I I I don't know too many women that have um that have gotten an abortion or have been thinking about it. I, I know that I wasn't thinking about it very much. Um I, you know, have been using birth control for, you know, as long as I've been sexually active. Um, I actually went to Planned Parenthood. Um, that's that's how I fir- got my first um, form of birth control was through Planned Parenthood. So I, was I this still like have, in high, not in high school because you were a uh, pious, you were a pious. <laughs> I was little, a pious, yeah. Um, so <laughs> you were a pious little snit. But yeah. what, so when, but when was this like in college? Yeah. When in college, when I, you know, I, I, I it was still something that I couldn't talk to my parents about, obviously. Um, and I think as far as they know, they think, you know, I, I, you know, ha- was always pious as far as that's concerned. Um, uh, so I, in order for me to get birth control, I had to go like pay my own way out of pocket, um, and Planned Parenthood helped with that. Um, so that's how, that's how I got it actually at first. Okay. Um, yeah. This is fascinating because I would say maybe one third to half of the women that I know have had abortions. Really? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Why? Why do you think that is? I don't know. And I'm actually, I, let's think about this. I mean, so I was born in 1970. I know, shock. I don't even want to see the look on your face as you <laughs> contemplate that. Um, so yeah, I mean, so I graduated high school in 1988. So people, you know, sexually active starting around that time. I mean, I'm also talking about older women, you know, maybe so like when I say people, I know I'm talking about women, maybe, you know, my age, um, 10 years younger, 20 years older. So kind of that radius. Yeah. So it's also something you probably accumulate over time, right? Like it's, it's, yes. 
I, yeah. you're, you know, it, under 25 year olds, I don't know that many who, who would have had an abortion. And then, and right. then as you get older, maybe things change. Um, right. But you have a lot of older friends. I have a lot um, of older friends. I actually have more friends who are, I mean, they have the, the opposite problem. They're trying to get pregnant and can't. Well, yes. And a lot of them have had abortions in the past. I mean, that comes up. That's something that comes up a lot too. Um, uh, I know a lot of women who had abortions when they were, you know, when they're in their twenties or, you know, just they were single or it wasn't the right time. And then later they try to get pregnant and they can't. And it's very difficult sometimes for them to say, wow, I really now regret that abortion because mm-hmm. um, I didn't realize at the time that it was, you know, perhaps my, my only chance. Cause that making that kind of statement um, is taboo uh, for mm-hmm. a lot of reasons. Yeah. Or even, even making a, a, a less general statement about how maybe I, I, I should have started trying, you know, <laughs> at, oh, yeah. at the time that I thought I wasn't ready. I actually like that, that was maybe the time to start um, trying to get pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. But I, let's think about this because I wonder, I mean, so, so your every- context is probably different than mine as well. Cause I know a lot of people who grew up in a very religious context and, you know, they're moving away from that religious context. Um, but still, there's there's that fear of, like, I really, really can't get pregnant. You know, right. there's no, there is no social acceptance for pregnancy at all um, in highly religious communities. Um, for, it, out of, it, it, for out of wedlock pregnancies. Out of wedlock, out, yeah. of, out of wedlock um, pregnancies. Um, especially in, in, in the Muslim context, man, I mean, I don't, I don't think I know yeah. anyone who's had um, a child out of wedlock. Oh yeah. Um, no, that makes the Catholics look like, you know, Unitarians or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you absolutely can't, you absolutely, it's not something you can do. It's not something that is done. So I think that maybe that also affects, um, the amount of women that I know that have had abortions in general, because I think we might be a little bit more, um, type A about, about. Yeah, but uh, well, but yes, but at the same time, abortion is way down. I mean, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but mm-hmm. there are mm-hmm. fewer. There have been mm-hmm. fewer abortions in the last couple decades than there were before. So, mm-hmm. um, and it may just be that birth control is more reliable. There are more forms of it. It's easier to get. I don't know. I mean, or, or it might. You know. You know. Okay, this is what I think it is. Actually, I think that. Um, the relationships between parents and teenagers have transformed. So back in Mm -hmm. my time, um, generally like you wouldn't talk to your mother about getting birth control. Like, you know, some girls did maybe, but like generally you were kind of on your own. You didn't tell your parents if you were having sex. And now, you know, the, the sort of baby boomer Gen X mothers have very close relationships with their kids. And so they Mm -hmm. will take their daughters to, get birth control, like as soon as they're sexually active, like the daughter will say, mom, I'm going to have sex with my boyfriend. And the the mother will say, okay, let's, you know, I'm going to take you to Planned Parenthood. I'm going to take you to the doctor. That is certainly Mm -hmm. the case Mm -hmm. with like my friends who have daughters that age. And they offer longer term birth controls to younger women now. Um, Like it used to be the case that with IUDs, they were hesitant to give them to younger women who are still planning to have children. Oh yeah. They, um, yeah. And now they've, they've, they have like uh, hormonal based ones that they are like three ones. to four years. Yeah. Better ones that, that don't appear to impact fertility at all. 
Um, and so they feel more comfortable giving them to young women. And that's a, so that's, you know, it's in, and then you stop think you don't think about it for four years, um, until you get another one. Um, so I think, I think there's probably ju- just all of these things coming together to form, uh, a society where there's just fewer, fewer abortions, I think on average. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I also and at should... the same time from broader acceptance of them. Right. Yeah. And I also should say that, you know, the scenario I just described, that is a certain demographic. Those are like educated middle mm-hmm. class, upper middle class people. I don't, I think that there are lots of poor women and women in, you know, just various kinds of marginalized communities that don't have that relationship with their parents. But, but, you know, so my, you know, the, the Gen Xers and certainly the boomers were growing up with parents who were, were very much ideologically at a remove from them. Like you were not friends with your parents Mm -hmm. uh, and your parents were really operating with a different set of expectations and, um, values in a lot of cases. And so I think you would be less likely to, to seek out help. And so I do think that more people were kind of, you know, certainly mm-hmm. in high school were playing fast and loose with birth control mm-hmm. as a result. So that, that might have something to do with it. Um, but yeah, it's also true that the, the more you go through life, just, you know, more, you know, people have more things happen to them. So I, I certainly know a lot of women who have had, you know, they're married with children and they got pregnant and they had an abortion because, you know, they already had the size family that they wanted. So there's that mm. too. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, so what else on, uh, what else on this topic? Was there anything, um, well, we, we moved off the topic, the actual topic, which is, you know, men's rights, essentially. Oh, yeah. Men's rights. Um, yeah. Which is, I love that. I love the topic <laughs> of men's rights, actually. I, I think yeah. maybe we should just like, you know, depending on how this goes, maybe this should just be, de- this show should be devoted to men's rights. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, you um, know, um, it's a huge, I, I, I do feel like the, the, the place of men in, just conversations about, about sex. Um, it, it, it just isn't emphasized. And I wish there were more men that were participating in these conversations. Um, and I don't hear too many discussions about like fatherhood, what does it mean to them? And, and, right. or, or maybe it's just how, you know, what I'm paying attention to and who I'm listening to. Um, but I, I, I when, when there's female oriented, you know, podcasts and, um, you know, various shows. Um, there's always discussion of these kinds of things, um, with more male oriented stuff. I don't, I don't see too much of that. Um, Mm -hmm. no, well, yeah, it either, it tends to be very much in like the manosphere lane Mm -hmm. or -hmm. it's just not discussed. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, again, this is another example of one of those things that, you know, when you're maybe 20, you think is just like a horrible thing to say. And then when you're, you know, in your forties, you say, Oh, that happens all the time. Like for instance, women quote unquote, tricking men into getting them pregnant. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, I don't know how that lands on your ears, but the idea that there would be a woman in a relationship and she tells the guy that she's on birth control, um, but she's not. And then she gets pregnant quote unquote accidentally. And then she wants to keep the baby and, you know, that's, that's that. So like that, does that kind of thing sound like something that like a shock jock radio guy would talk about? 
Yeah, yeah. I, okay. It's, it's hard to believe, but well, what, yeah. what do you have to say about I, it? I, it's hard to believe, but it's, it's hard. I, I get it that it's hard to believe, but I can tell you that it happens. I mean, tricking is, a, that's a loaded word, but I certainly have known of uh, women who really did kind of want to get pregnant and they were not totally honest with their partners about, about being on birth control. Mm. Uh, that happens. Yeah. I mean, I believe that. I, I, I mean, it's, it's this whole like women don't lie <laughs> um, right. idea, which is, is absurd. I guess the other reason I find that bit not hard to believe necessarily, but I, I sort of squint my eyes on it a little more because it's kind of a stupid thing to do <laughs> to get pregnant with a man that doesn't, you know, maybe he doesn't, he's not hundred percent committed to you or like as a vehicle of getting, uh, more serious commitment. It's not out the of best way I mean, to get sounds... him to be into you. Yeah. But yeah. I, <laughs> no, but it, I mean, it happens. And I'm not saying it's some premeditated well, it's like, it's like thing. Rape, rape, rape accusations happen that are false. Yes. I mean, that happens. And I, I've, I have actually encountered that um, several times. And it was so shocking the first time. Um, and then I, I, then I was more shocked about Oh, how how is it that we we still have this idea of this this never happens when clearly it does, um, and the the lives of the men who are accused uh, are just completely I mean completely ruined ruined um, worse than if they had to have a child that they didn't want. What's worse mm-hmm. to be canceled by a fake by a, a fake rape accusation or to have a child? That you have I to mean, pay for I, for I think, you know, I think the, the former that's it's social death. And if that matters to you, um, which yeah. it does, it matters to a lot. I mean, especially men are, men are socially isolated in a way that women are not, and they have a harder right. time making friends, uh, building, you know, relationships with people and for them to be cut off like this, that they don't have, uh, they often don't have a lot of fallback, you know, opportunities and other relationships that they can rely on. I think it'd be extremely hard. I've seen it happen. Um, and it, 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 of course, the first time you see it, you're, you're naive about these things and you think no one would do this. And then you see the people who would do this. Um, and, and then to, uh, to even see them uh, be very loud about it as almost, you know, like, give me sympathy, give me, um, you know, if, if you even Currency. doubt what I'm, yeah, right. And, and, and it works. So wait, that's okay, this is fascinating. Because your version of women manipulating men into being fathers, your version of women being deceitful about being on birth control is women accusing men of sexual assault. Because I don't know that many women who have done that. Because Mm. it wasn't the lever to pull in my generation. So that makes so, sense. Yeah. Right. So what? Okay. So like, obviously, I, I'm assuming none of your best friends did this kind of thing. But like, no. what did this look like to you? <laughs> These are people. Like, did they talk about it? Were you in conversations with them personally about it? Like, set the scene if you don't mind. Okay. I I'll give some general. Uh, I can't. I, I don't want to go too specific about it because it is. Yeah, I can't go. I can't go into super duper details about what happened and how it happened. But I'll. Well, first, the, the point that you raise is really interesting because I think that it, maybe it's just that consent became such a big issue, right? Um, and that is the th- that is the big you know no no like you cannot um, you can do a lot of bad things and get away with it, but 
but but um, not taking no for an answer is unforgivable. Um, and in this case, even it, in the case of like, I think what I was hearing and when I was hearing it, it was post Me Too um, that I heard a lot of these accusations. So it's also coming in this atmosphere of, you know, all these women opening up about their stories, about their very real stories. Um, then it was, it was, I think, a perfect opportunity for women that are essentially, pre- I think, predators um, themselves um, to open mm. up, uh, open up, quote unquote, right? Like remember their own stories of abuse, you know, um, and, and to share them. So I, I won't go into detail, um, with, with what happened because I think they're, I just, I'd feel uncomfortable going into too much detail, but no, of suffice to say that it was, um, every time that I saw it happen, I, it, there was proof on from the from the male side um for, for, from the 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 point of view of the of the accused um and not a lot of evidence uh, from the point uh, from the from the woman um and there were um people contradicting her and saying that this is not this is this is it is not in his character to to assault someone but it is in her character to lie mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it, it was one of those things where you saw a pattern of behavior with the same kind of the same woman um, who happened to get into the same kind of situation again and again and make up the same kind of claim. Again and this and is again. what we hear about the men. They're, you know, they're serial predators on campuses, right? This is the exact, right. this is like a mirror image of right. what we hear about serial rapists. The same guys do it over and over again. Right. The same and, women and- the same women do it accuse, over and over again. Accuse over and over again. Yeah. Any, any, I mean, anytime you see this where, where it, it's a female predator, you'll see that she, that there's a line of victims, you know, behind her, um, of, of, of people that she's, you know, used whatever, whatever she can in her, in her, in her favor, um, to get public sympathy, um, to get revenge, um, against someone, you know, and of course, Predators of all genders, sexes, whatever, would, would they would use whatever is in their disposal um, to harm someone that they wanted to see harmed. And I don't know why we act surprised that women could do this or would do this. Yeah, it's infantilizing. And I always, the other thing I always say is, you know, pe- people say, well, you're not you know, you obviously don't care about women. If you're, if you're policing us all the time, you're telling, you know, women not to go around shouting their abortions and, um, you know, you don't, you don't get it. And I always feel like saying, no, I care more. I care more than you do. <laughs> My policing of women is because I care more about women. I am more of a feminist than you. So there, and I guess that's Karen of me, but yeah, that's um so yeah, so about Karen's. Um there was a Twitter thread that was making the rounds um what a week ago now. Um and it was it was very funny. We don't want to go too much into detail into who this woman was for <laughs> I guess, I don't know, her own sake. Um she still exists. She's not dead, right? <laughs> was, is. She's still She's still around. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Are you talking about, um, yeah. What remind us what this uh, situation was. Right. So this is, um, it's a woman, um, on Twitter, um, who is an, uh, a a young adult 
fiction um, author. Right um, there, right there. Yeah. I'm, I'm already scared. Well, you already know. I'm already, already scared. Know. I, I already, you do not cross a YA fiction writer. Yeah. Well, now media. she's, um, she's, she's, she's written a book for even an even younger crowd. Um, for fetuses? Uh, for, for, for kids um, oh. about sharks. They're going to start um, making feta- fetal children's books. This is what's going to happen. The, the right, they're not going to stop with getting rid of road. They're going to start actually make, you know, publishing books for fetuses. Yeah. Anti, okay. actually, anti-racist a good thing. fetus. <laughs> anti, um. anti-choice baby. <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. Well, she had a a thread that got a bunch of you know went viral. Um, had eleven point six thousand retweets, mm. um, and a bunch of quote tweets as well. So it it made the rounds, and it was about how you know, I'm going to just quote her. The majority of U.S. white women are fundamentally unequipped to do effective community activism, and everyone knows it but them. Uh, and I'm not talking about ignorance or fragility. Uh, the way white people, especially white women, are taught to view and interact with the world is antithetical to long-term organizing and justice work. Uh, the majority of white people in the U.S. were taught how to join clubs, not build community, say the right thing, do the right thing, and if you mess up, you lose your place. Um, and then she goes on about talking about how this uh, white women are are always just trying to find the right rules of a new club. Um, they just want to gain acceptance from the organizers and, uh, you know, uh, and her advice is that what you should do is, uh, you should try to imagine yourself as if you were an intern, um, you know, in the activist <laughs> space, like not, not, not a boss bitch, but you know, white woman is an, is an intern, but in a, basically in a place of, um, N- not quite submission, but but subservience. Yeah. So I wanted to actually, I wanted to know what what you how how you feel about this because I I feel if I was a white woman, and there was all this talk about how I need to be an intern and I need to stop and listen, and I would get really mad. Well, only white people can afford to be interns, first of all. So well, yeah, yeah, right? Because you can't. That's how um, you know if you have to be wealthy to be an intern. Uh, so you have to be white. So I think right there, maybe, is that what she means? Um, yeah, I was kind of, you know, I was kind of interested in the point that she made, uh, and this is a white woman, by the way, writing this. It's always white women though, isn't it? Like, is it, I mean, I've seen seen black women. No, but sometimes black women too, too. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely, yeah, I've, I've definitely seen in the, in the, black, the black Twitter sphere. Um, there's, you know, I, I got dragged, um, I got dragged it wasn't actually uh i didn't get dragged by black twitter i got dragged by um appalachia twitter a a few years ago and somebody did actually make a joke like you know that the name megan is the new karen or something like that Mm. um but uh i was kind of interested in this person um i don't know should we say her name she does have her her twitter handle is uh quite her current twitter name as it's displaying is quite awesome um it uh has to do with sharks. No, I don't have it in front of me, but um, it's shark book out now. Shark book out now. Yeah, she's um, <laughs> promoting. A- apparently, her book. yeah this this uh, this extremely long thread about social justice activism and white women was really just a publicity stunt to sell her book about uh, sharks. But um, uh, I, you know, I was interested in the point that she made about how 
white women organize clubs instead of communities, like the club versus the community. I thought that was an interesting thing to think about. I don't think it has any racial implication at all. Um, I never thought of a club as like a white thing per se. I mean, obviously there are country clubs. There have been clubs that exclude clubs are generally by definition exclusive. So they are excluding somebody. Um, Mm. But, you know, there are plenty of clubs that are like black clubs. You know, I mean, there there are any number of elite organizations that um, are not exclusively or there are any number of exclusive organizations that are not necessarily white. So um, but yeah, as a white woman, does this offend me? No, because uh, <laughs> I I have to, I, I find it amusing. Now, is this am I do I have the, the luxury of not being offended because as a white person, I just default to the top of the food chain. So I'm therefore untouchable. Uh, maybe. Um, but I, I honestly don't really care. So yeah. that's the answer to that question. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, I, I guess it wouldn't apply. So it, for me, it wouldn't, you're right that it wouldn't, it wouldn't offend me. It would make me mad. That's what I, I it, it, make, it, it would make, make you mad. mad if you it were. It would make me mad. Yeah, because Why? it's 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 racial abuse. I mean, in any other context, we would recognize it as such. <laughs> but it's just dumb. I mean, it's it dumb, would, but that it racial make, abuse is always dumb, right? But it's not in this case. It's not harmful. I mean, I guess it would make me mad if it was like, no, as a white woman, you can't apply for this job, or you're not going to get. You know, you can't apply for this grant that until five minutes ago was open to anybody to apply for like yes if if there are actual like you know real life repercussions then yeah but so, this is just um, silly there was a there's a there was a thread um by uh eliza mondegreen i don't know how to say her name but oh yes yeah mm-hmm. so she's she's a, a famous turf or <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. i mean not that but she's she's a a prominent turf account <laughs> she's in the turf um, space She's in the turf space, and she she wrote um, an interesting thread um, about uh, you know sharing her gender critical views on you know Facebook and becoming more public about it, and uh, and then she um, she said that that there were that she's lots she's had lots of conversations about this kind of issue um, over year over the past few years and most of them have gone well and uh, you know but there were there were some conversations that really didn't go where anywhere at all and then she describes the women that it didn't go anywhere with and and she she articulates it as as it's not that they didn't care or that they didn't see they didn't really see the problem it's that they were unwilling to accept it and you know her her right her knowledge or questions or you know just thought about it like they stayed on the surface um, and every time, uh, so she, she says, every time I brought it up, it was as though we had never talked about it before and she had never thought about it ever. And she continued not thinking about it. She said that when she had these discussions, um, with, with these, these women, that the conversation just stayed at the surface level, um, insistently, um, so she said that every time I brought it up, it was as though we had never talked about it before. She had never given never thought about it ever. And she continued not thinking about it. Um, 
our relationship as colleagues didn't change in the slightest. She neither agreed nor disagreed with me because she didn't think about it. Meanwhile, internal pressures continued to mount. She added pronouns to her email signature and her Zoom handle. She started to call herself sis. When I asked her what she thought about these developments, she hadn't thought about them, and she wouldn't. Mm -hmm. She was a white woman in a field where Karen gets thrown around all the time to talk about professional women with experience who mean well and who think they still have something to contribute to the field where they've spent their working lives. Yeah. They've got a lot of J. Jill clothes in the closet. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what that means. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there is something about a general atmosphere of stigma towards, you know, what is a demographic group, right? White women that, that, you know, maybe it wouldn't affect you, Megan, because you are the way you are. And maybe for me, someone like me, if I was white, it would just make me angry. It wouldn't, you know, upset mm-hmm. me, nor would it silence me. But surely there are many women who are choosing to not say what they feel um, or be just be bullied into kind of oh, a, yeah. a, a, a quiet um, subservience. Yeah, well, they um, want... Yeah. So, okay. But in this uh, situation that she's describing, I'm assuming that she's, okay, this is a white woman describing her relationship with another white woman, a friendship where they just, the the communication broke down and the other woman really wasn't willing to engage in the, the, the details of whatever the issue is. I mean, I'm assuming they were probably talking about gender ideology. They're talking right? about gender. Yeah. They're okay. talking about gender. So it's a, it's a, it's a no, no issue. Uh, she's talking about the nonprofit space, which is an yeah. extra, progressive, like very hyper aware space. Um, and, uh, she's talking about some women who, you know, they, they, they refused to even think about it with their, their subconscious kind of just understood you don't go here. Yeah. Um, and you're not, especially you, like, especially, especially you as a white woman is not allowed to touch this. Um, and, and, uh, you know, and they, and and due to that sense of, you know, there's danger there and you're going to lose everything. um, They chose to stay away. Yeah. I mean, well, I think the gender question is, I'm not surprised that that's, that's the context of this because I can't think of any other topic that um, so many otherwise curious people just won't go to. I mean, even people in the you know heterodox space in our world, the podcasters, the journalists, there are plenty of us who are talking about like every single thing but gender, right? Right. They right. will not talk about trans. Um, so here's and- here's one final tweet from Eliza. I think it was just uh, she says, "My sense is that she had no choice about being a Karen to stay in that field. That field." Um, of, you know, nonprofit space. Um, She even had to accept these disparagements as just deserved, but she could avoid turf. All she had to do was not think about what she was being asked to support. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because once you go turf, there's no recovering from that. I mean, I guess you could get, well, let's think about this. I mean, she's not going to talk about race. I mean, what's worse though? Like if I wouldn't, than race. Like I wouldn't talk about race. I'm more afraid of get, yeah, actually this is very much to your point because I will talk about gender as we know. Um, but cause I'm a little bit protected there because I'm still a woman. I've got like some, um, standing anything about race. I don't have, I have nothing. So that I can't, I can't go to, I mean, I can mm-hmm. talk in the broadest terms about, you know, race essentialism being racist. 
but yeah, I mean, I think what's happening with the white woman who is putting her pronouns on her email and just going along to get along, I think that it's a lot of it is the same as what's happening to white men. I mean, they want to keep their jobs. As I've said, white women are the new white men. We have finally achieved equality. <laughs> for, um, for white people. Right. White people have achieved gender equality. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, a lot of it is just the same. You have a job, you have a career, you, you know, you've spent your, you're in middle age now, you've spent decades working your ass off and rising through the ranks and you're finally in some kind of position and you're not going to throw it all away now. So is it really worth dying on the hill of getting into the, you know, granular complications of gender identity um, is, is that really worth it? Like if you're going to lose your whole career, I would say for most people, no. Um, but it is that I, I do find it fascinating that there are people that are like curious in like every other way. They're like 90% curious, fully engaged, critical thinking people in the world. But then there's like this 10% that they just, it's like a no fly zone. And um, I guess everybody has their reasons. Yeah. And I, and I understand them, you know, I understand that you can't, you can't, there are only so many crosses you can bear. And, you know, when I thought about whether I should be talking about gender issues for a very long time before I actually started to talk about it, I mean, it wasn't that I was ever dishonest. It was that there was a period where I wanted to talk about it all the time. You know, when I became first obsessed um, where I, that's all I was thinking about. That's all I was reading about. I was reading and reading and reading and reading constantly, um, like informing myself about this issue. But you wouldn't see, have seen that reflected on my public conversations. Um, and that was not, it, it wasn't because I'm, I'm afraid of anything, but it was, it was that I understood that as an activist, um, there are only so many stigmas that I can bear before people just stop listening to me. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, there's, you have the ex-Muslim thing and that's a, that's a big one. Um, and that's, that's still a very ugly, um, uh, you know, stain to have on, on, on your resume. Um, but I could, I could say that, oh, look, I'll be, I'll be, you know, uh, saying the right things and the correct things in every other kind of way. And that helps grant credibility to my, my ex-Muslim activism. But if I'm, uh, on, you know, the third rail, uh, of every issue <laughs> that, yeah. that, you know, eventually that I become a toxic presence. Well, it also, um, it doesn't help. It hurts the issues that you care about. I mean, you kind of have to pick a few, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and so it, 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 so for me, it's like, I, I never, I'm never dishonest about what I think. So if somebody asks me, if I answer the question, I'll answer it honestly. Um, but I, I can, I sometimes refrain. And I think that that's what's going on in the case of a lot of these people, these ten, the, the, the 10% that you mentioned where you just, you know, I'm just not going to talk about it. Um, it's a, I don't want to die on this hill. Um, I don't think I have a chance of survival here. Yeah. Um, and with the gender stuff, a lot of people just aren't paying attention. I mean, I still mm -hmm. think a lot of people are conflating it with gay rights movement. I mean, we talked about this last time, but I, I just think that you have to really, really um, be following this closely to understand the nuances uh, and the, just the, it's, it's very, very complicated. And so it's easy to just say, oh, no, trans kids need to be protected. Therefore, uh, these talking points will do so. And I'm going to pew to them. Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah. I mean, the other thing too, I mean, this goes to why I'm starting this heterodox women's community. I mean, I, women are more, are less likely to speak out, um, because I think that we tend to be more sensitive to the social penalties. You know, men don't, you know, necessarily mind getting thrown out of their group of buddies. And in fact, you know, if they, if a guy starts, you know, speaking his mind about some, you know, un, unsuitably, if, if he expresses a, a an opinion that is not suitably woke with his golfing buddies or something, it's unlikely that they're going to cast him out. If a woman does that in her book club or her mom group or, you know, at the even at the office, there's a bigger chance that um, the other women aren't going to like it. Um, and I think that even if a man does get excommunicated by his group, he's less likely to be as upset by it as a lot of women. Um, and I think that that's why we don't hear from women. They just, they don't, they don't want to be left out and they don't want to hurt people. I mean, it's very basic. I mean, sometimes I just have to remind myself, you know, you don't have to go into every interaction you know, talking about these things. And even if somebody does ask you about it, you don't necessarily have to make a meal out of it. Like it might actually hurt this person's feelings if you try to talk about this right now. Like we're going I, on I a dog walk. It, we don't yeah. need to talk about gender ideology as much as I would love nothing more to have a three hour dog walk talking about that. But yeah, it's not everybody's yeah, I, cup of tea. I, I also suspect that people take certain strong stances in different ways than they than than if a man were to have that exact same stance um that is to say when you were talking about hurt feelings i feel that when i'm speaking to another woman um and say let's say i say i say something that's dismissive of her feelings um i think she's going to take it worse from me that dismissal than she would from you know, the exact person I was, um, or I am, uh, if I was male, you know, like a male version of me. Well, yeah, because it's like being canceled by your own side, right? It's a version of that. It's like you can, the, yeah. it, we're more upset if people on the, the left or whatever site we're on get upset with us. If people on, uh, if our enemies get mad at us, that's actually currency. That's actually right. Elevated. Right. And, and it's, it's also that I think we expect men to be, you know, to, to not hear us or understand us. So a rejection from a woman, it's, it's, it's like, she understands the harm she's causing mm -hmm. me and she's choosing to do it anyway. So there's right, the right, right. <laughs> we expect more of women. Yeah, exactly. There's an emotional intelligence. The bar is higher. Right. I, and I, I certainly feel that way and it makes me more cautious. So I, I, I know that I speak differently to women than I do to men. Um, I speak differently to male friends than I do to female friends. I mean, on, on oh, average. Wow. Um, um, I notice myself becoming a lot more I'm empathetic in general, um, but also hedging what I'm saying a little bit more, throat clearing more, um, doing it well. well if, and of course, I mean, what we were talking about with in, in regards to Roe about how, you know, we've, we need to acknowledge the pain of the women uh, who are going to be caught uh, in the crosshairs until we get to this, you know, long long-term uh, 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 state that's more stable? Um, in the, you know, we need to acknowledge this pain and um, empathize with it, and 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 um, you know, I, 
I feel pressure to do that in just general conversations. You don't feel that way. You don't oh, feel God, like, you know, I'm listening to you. I'm thinking you're a better person than I, I have a really hard time. I mean, I feel sometimes like just, I've been so steeped in these issues for the last several years. I mean, I started writing the problem with everything. <laughs> I mean, it had so many iterations. I mean, I started really, really thinking hard about this stuff, probably 2014, 2015. And then 2016 is when I started the problem with everything. And originally, it was just going to be about women's issues. It was going to be called um, You Are Not a Badass. That was like a sort of working title for a while. <laughs> uh, you know, and so then it had to just whatever it was complete nightmare of book writing uh but i i i'm sure that my friends behind my back say things like oh my god like she's just she's too much to take like you like she's just she's been really intense like you gotta be like if you're gonna hang out with megan you gotta be in the right mood for it like yeah <laughs> probably, they probably say things like that so, um, i wonder so. if you know i mean i i yeah, it's 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 something I've learned to do though. It's not something I think I did um all the time speaking to women differently. It's something that I've learned to do after feeling like I've hurt too many women for for no good reason. But and like have I you did, had you fights know, with them? Like when you say hurt them, like are they are you, are these well, like it, fallings out with your girlfriends? Just yeah, not quite falling out, but just them feeling like I was too harsh, you know, like it, it, in let's say if something something happens in terms of like someone has a uh, relationship problem and maybe maybe she's done something stupid to deserve it you know like like mm -hmm. it's like it's a little bit her fault I'll just say that I'll just I, or I would have you know I would have just oh yeah no you don't want to make it personal oh yeah 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 no 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 you, know, yeah, like, you don't well, here's your it problem personal. and you shouldn't have right. done this and why did you okay. do it you know like right, so right right there, there's this straight talk kind of mode that I I've I was in for much of my life. And it's then, then as, as I grew up and matured a little bit, um, it dawned on me that this was probably a really, um, you know, it was probably an unpleasant experience to someone else. And I, it, some of it is at least, um, you know, it's, it's not like I enjoy hurting people. It's that it wouldn't hurt me if someone spoke that way to me. Oh, so really? I'm just, I'm just, applying. I, would, I think it would hurt me. Really? Really? Oh, okay. Like if somebody said like, oh, wow, that was really like if you had a fight with your husband and someone was like, oh, wow. Yeah, no, that's uh, you. you I mean, it depends on I wouldn't. It wouldn't hurt me. No, I, I, I feel like I'm very I've um, thick skin and that's maybe the problem. OK, because this is something I think about a lot because I I actually am a huge people pleaser. And I don't like anybody to be mad at me in real life, but I have no problem with people being mad at things that I write or say publicly. Mm. Mm. I wonder what what you have. What's yeah. your version of that? I, I am. I, I would know. I I I think it's not too different, but I I've definitely become more. I'm more thoughtful in how I phrase things and how I frame things. You know, like how I frame a a discussion or a conversation. And I kind of resent it a little bit. You know, part of me resents it. Um, you know, when it comes to just friendships with women, um, I don't like having to do all that extra work, but I feel like I must do it. Um, <laughs> do <you laughs> because I don't like want to hurt this guy? person. Do you feel like you have a temperament of a guy? 
I have the converse in the way that I speak or want to be able to speak. I think I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a guy I'm more like autistic kind of insensitive, but not, not like in a, I, I don't want to hurt you, but I just literally didn't know that I was hurting you. Um, and it, part of my, you know, growing up has been like, let's do, let, let me, let me actively try to be different, um, and make up for these, um, social. Yeah. Okay. So when you're at a dinner party and say, um, there's a table of people and you're like engaged intensely in a conversation with somebody and the meal's over and people start clearing the plates. Like the hostess gets up and starts clearing the plates and several of the female guests also get up and start clearing, but you're in the middle of a conversation. What do you do? Mm. I like to think that I would notice that the, the, the women were doing that and I would help them. Um, I think I would. I would probably yeah. start the clearing away. Um, oh, I, I just oh, <laughs> but that's more of like an OCD. Like I, I like to be even that before person. the hostess. No, I mean the hostess starts clearing first. Okay, all right. So I'm not. I'm not the hostess. I. Forgot. Oh yeah, no, you're not the hostess. You're at the dinner party. You're a guest. Hmm. Depends on the conversation. I think I. I think I would help. I would help. Um, if I noticed that it was only women helping. I would direct a man to help. <laughs> really? I've done that before. Like I a mean, man like, hey, other you, than your not other yeah. than your husband. Um yeah, my husband for sure, but I I don't know. What you you've what would you do? You would just Well, it's stand I, you up know, it's funny because um lately I have noticed that I haven't done it. Like I can think of, you know, a handful of dinner parties that I've been to in the last few months where I was like intensely in a conversation with somebody and people started to clear. And there was this moment where I was like, oh man, okay, like the women are clearing, like I should get up and, and do it. But at the same time, I felt like it would be aborting this conversation. And that seemed rude also. So, like, so here's the thing. Well, with my dinner parties, and again, this might be a generational thing. It's not that only women are going to do the clearing. Um, well, yeah, it, I mean, there, I, there I isn't think that maybe cle- there's right. that strict gender divide. It's it's as often that it's a it's a man doing the clearing. So it's more of like, are you the kind of person who would help? Um, okay. Is that is that so much of a gender thing or is it kind of how much? Yeah, of no, that's selfish? OK, because I'm trying to think <laughs> like like and the, I, the ones I'm thinking of, it's like the hostess gets up to clear and then a, and then maybe a few more women get up to clear and one man. So I'm imagining like, say there's like. 12 people at the table there will be you know maybe three women and one man clearing or four women and two men I don't know but I just I I have this sort of visceral in the moment like I'm I'm in this conversation and I can see the people getting up around me and I think like oh gosh I'm I'm just I just want to finish this conversation and I feel like a guy like in that moment I feel like so not a woman like a like unfeminine, a failure as a woman. Like right now I am being a dude because I am in my seat still talking. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. And I don't I know if th- it's good or bad. Hmm. I don't think it's good or bad. I mean, it, it depends on how often you do it and whether you help out in other ways. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, well, I, mean like I, I clean up the things. whole house after yeah. everybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do other things. And that's, uh, yeah, I don't, 
I don't know, but I, I do feel like my conversational style is uh, more naturally um, something that's more appealing to to men, and I have to sort of try to be um, the kind of speaker that that also women can tolerate. <laughs> oh no, yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I think we talked about this like even before when we were just discussing like who you know, what kind of people would this podcast be for? Um, And I think you asked me, like, do you have a lot of, like, female followers? And I, you know, I don't. Um, From my audience, as far as I know it, back when Twitter used to be um, very detailed about, you know, the insights of of who your followers were, they're very male, like, very heavily male. Um, Is that because of the atheist space? Yeah, some of it is like the atheist stuff, but I think I'm even more extreme than most atheists because I'm talking like nine out of ten. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, I have a lot of women because I was in the literary world and I was I'm a teacher. You know, I teach I teach memoir and personal essay, and that's like all mm, women. So mm-hmm. I've got that gang. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Yeah, this is so interesting. Now I'm trying to, you know, so just to go back to this for a second, like if I'm throwing the dinner party, if it's my party and I'm the host, and if I get up to clear, I am so happy if my guests are so engaged in conversation that they don't clear. Yeah. I get nervous. I would much rather them sitting there having a good time than getting up and like, you know, putting the plates in the kitchen, like in the wrong place. And it's just like, uh, and then I have to be like, no, don't sit down. Like the women, you know, you have to go through that ritual. No, no, let me clear. It's just like, it's such a, it's just, uh, it, it just feels so perfunctory. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, one time I had a guest who started clearing before, I started clearing <laughs> before while people were still eating. That just means well, they want to leave. Yeah. I was just like, wait, but, but, but turns out he didn't. He was just, it, this was outside and he thought it was going to rain soon. Um, and he just like made the decision to start doing that. Oh, um, that's very and, male. And then, it, and then it actually like rushed, like everybody was like, Oh, okay. I guess we have to, I guess we're, we're done. <laughs> and it just, <laughs> and, and it just like sort of ended the party. Um, um so I was mad about it. That that I, I wished he had just you know sat down and like when I yeah, when no. I'm host I have I feel I don't feel bad um, you know peeling people away who look like they're not doing anything or they're not in a conversation and asking them to help me um, if I need it. But I usually don't need it and I'm happy to just run around. Yeah, and, and exactly. I love you know I there's nothing I love more. Well, there are a few th- something I really love. Okay, is when. I am hosting something and like I'm in the kitchen and I'm, you know, maybe like preparing something or cleaning up and and I hear the people out at the table, like having a great time and I hear mm-hmm. their conversations and like hear their Is that a very woman thing to, I don't know. <laughs> is that, is that so. very feminine? I think a lot of, I don't know, but it, it makes me feel like, oh, the party was a success. Yay. Like it's, it's running itself. I don't need it. It's like a wind up toy that's on its off to the races, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Here's my final word on, on the Karen thing. And it's not, it's not directly related to the Karen thing, but it's about this strange racial awareness um, that everyone has all the time. I do feel like, I mean, I've asked people about this. Like, do you feel like you're more racially aware, you know, like in general about your own race, about the races of others. 
now than you were five years ago? And I think the answer, you know, for, for most of the people that I've asked this question, well, let's, let me ask it of you, Megan. Um, mm -hmm. Do you feel like you're more racially aware for better yeah. or for worse, you know, now than you were five years ago, than you were 10 years ago? Yeah, 100%. And not in a good way. Not in a good way. Not right? in a so good I, way. I think that there's, that this constant talking and just, you know, uh, labeling everyone, reminding them that, listen, you're white, you know, you're yeah. white and you're black and you're brown and you're marginalized. I think, I think that constant, um, you know, invoking of, of race in every contact all the time, every, you know, you log on Twitter and that's all you see. And I, I mean, that's a reason not to log on, but you, you, you don't have to be on Twitter. You can read the New York times and you can get constant, <sighs> you know, yeah. commentary relating to race and race and politics and race and this and race and every issue, you know? Um, and, and I think what it's done is it's, it's made race relations so much oh. weirder and more complicated and, and, you know, as a, a you know, person of color, um, I, my, my experience has been that I, it, it, it's made things more awkward for me. I've had a lot of awkward interactions. In with, what way? <laughs> with like well-meaning or, or seemingly well-meaning progressive whites. Um, okay. Look, well, hold on. Let me get, let me find a good example. Um, okay. Here's one. Um, I was driving um, over to a friend's uh, like little get together at a restaurant. He was about to move away. Um, and so this was like one of the last times I was going to see him. Um, I'm driving there and ahead of me, this car uh, has made a right turn into a garage. Um, and they're like, okay, so they're going into a garage. Turns out this was the exit of the garage. Um, so this car decides to reverse. Mm-hmm out uh like out, out back into the road okay um which they're not supposed to do right and they reverse back like and hit me <laughs> oh. um like behind them um and this person has a bunch of stickers you know th those coexist <laughs> you know what i mean those bump those so bump meaning their stickers. car meaning their your car is is much more valuable than theirs that's that's well, what the way this is going there i mean but they had all these you know yeah. like this is th these are my politics yes. um stickers and their, their politics were very um and they have very, no collision coverage that, that's where this is going <laughs> no, no so they so this person that comes and um he sees me and I can tell, you know, I can tell this is going to be weird. You know, if he sees me, he sees that I'm a person of color. And, you know, so here's what you're supposed to do when you get into an accident. <laughs> okay. You exchange insurance, you call the police, you mm -hmm. know, and, and the person that gets hit, that has been hit by the other person, me, right? I'm mad. I have been greatly inconvenienced, you know, and I'm just thinking, how do I get out of here? You know, um, and who do I need to text? Who do I need to call? Like, what do I, you know, um, this guy starts to have a conversation with me um, about my culture. What? Um, like, yeah, like out of nowhere, he's just what like, What does so, he think so, your culture is? I, 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 well, he, he wants to know. He wants to know all about it. He brings up about <laughs> He brings up how, you know, the, the um, Trump election was so upsetting. And <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> was your car badly damaged? I mean, it was just um, the, the light was a little bit. Um, okay. So yeah. wait, I, 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 I need <laughs> what? <laughs> um, 
and it's it's all this stuff. He's bringing up all this stuff. Um, he tells me he's gay. Um, and- <laughs> oh, so <laughs> he's just trying to make sure this is like never admit fault. You're never supposed to admit fault when you have an accident, right? Well, so uh, he's mi- admitting other types of fault to so distract. I feel from like the what happened in you. his. <laughs> I feel like what happened in his head was just that it, he has harmed a marginalized person. <laughs> You know, and now he's wrecked. Just there's so much guilt about what he's done, and he needs to make me. He needs to cater to my feelings. And what he knows about marginalized people is that we have these cultures, and uh, they need to be respected. And you know, he needs to ask questions, and then he needs to listen. Um, And and it was so bizarre, Megan. Because because okay, I he hit me. I'm still mad. You know, I'm mad and I have to have this conversation about, you know, where I was born and oh whether God. I was raised here yeah, he's making you and what language him. do I, do I speak or whatever. Oh my uh, God. And it's just, it was this exhausting thing. I was so, I'm just so mad. I was getting madder as we're having this conversation. I can tell he's trying to be a good guy. You know, he's trying to, I don't know, in his own way. Um, get to know me or, or something. Wait, are you know, like was, waiting for the police to come or something? Yes, like, why we're waiting we, for the okay. police. We're waiting for the police. And I just don't I'm want to I'm surprised he called me. the police on you because it's not safe for police to be around people of color. Oh my, oh so my, he should have just, thought about that first. I, it, it was just, it was, it went on for so long. And I don't know, I'm like, why am I telling him so many? And why is he asking? And I am giving these like one line <laughs> responses, but trying to be friendly, I guess. Um, anyway, Um, he ends by giving me his card and just, I can reach out to him. And it was, I won't, I won't say what he did for work, but if I need this service, you know, I reach out to him, my new best friend. Wait, a service Um, of what do you mean? I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to dox him. Oh, like, oh, oh, you mean like, this is what he does. Related to his business. Okay. Related to his business. He was just like, here, here it is. Okay. Um, and then, um, you know, the police come, we talk to police, whatever. As he's leaving, he, um, I just I can't forget it. It's so bizarre. He he put put his hands together and bowed and said Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> and I had just told him I was from Pakistan, you know. And it's like we're Muslims there. That's a Hindu thing, no, like you know. Yeah, and it was, but he just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so weird. I was like, this is so weird. But this these are the kinds of like bizarre interactions i feel like i have too often you know i too often do i get like somebody who's just like oh trump it's trump is terrible and i you know i made no indication i don't know this person like i they don't know my politics um it used to be like back in the day where people would tell you they voted for obama before you you know asked you know when <laughs> right. it, when it didn't Twice. Even, it, oh, right yeah, i would have right i would have <laughs> voted for him a third time yeah yeah it wasn't it's never relevant and they're just like throw it out there then with Trump, I got I got a bunch of calls from people. I got a I got a call from my old landlady when Trump was elected, and she was just um, you know checking in, seeing if you're okay. Uh. Um, I was like, well, that, okay, so it's cute that she's thinking about me, but this is strange to me. I don't know yeah. how to I don't know what to do. And to me, I feel like Trump. Trump's election was just as bad as it was for anybody else that, you know, shared my politics. Um, yeah, so th- I have all these strange interactions now, and I wouldn't say 
that I'm biased, but, it, but it, if I'm trying to, if I'm looking to make a new friend and someone has, you know, those bumper stickers and they are dressed in a way that makes me think they're very, you know, crunchy granola, I might be like, oh, this is going to be, this is going to be a bunch of weird interactions and I don't want to have them. So I'm, I'm going to move on to this, to, 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 to someone else. Yeah. Is that wow. racism? Is that, I mean, literally, uh, literally maybe, right? <laughs> that you, wait, racism on your part or on, on my on, part? No. I mean, I, I just want to say, Sarah, that as a white person, I apologize. <laughs> I'm deeply sorry that that happened to you. And uh, um, um, I, I just, it's like, can you imagine being that guy and walking around in that state of self-flagellation all the time? Like mm-hmm. what put his, what got his mind to that place? Like what, you know, is it, is he, did it come from like his college, his education? Like, is he getting this online? I mean, obviously it's all these things, but just like, walking around like that that is exhausting okay like that is emotionally exhausting for him as well as you it's just a lose lose all it's around a lose, lose. i mean and, and i think that that it's part of the reason he can be that way is because he doesn't actually know that many you know no this was a great color. opportunity that's for it. him to try all try out that material <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i mean but it is true i mean to get to your initial question Oh, yeah. Like, I think about race. If I see a person of color, if I see a black person, especially, like, if I see a black person, I am going to have, like, a a sort of, you know, I'm going to have a feeling or an awareness about my relationship to them in that space, in that moment, that I would not have had 10, 15 years ago. Like, I am going to make sure, if I'm in the supermarket and like I am approaching the the checkout line, you know, at the same time a black woman is approaching it and we're getting there at the exact same time. You bet your ass she's going to go in front of me. Like, yeah. no question. I will wave her in. Um, and I probably mm. would have done that with a lot of people. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I generally would, you know, unless I was in a huge hurry, I would have probably let anybody in. But I can't have there be any chance that somebody thinks I'm being racist, which is actually racist. I am which being racist. racist by doing that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that is, I mean, and that is, and then on, on the receiving end of that kind of treatment, it definitely makes you feel like we're at it. We're even more distanced from this person, you know, that, that they are trying to know me, but what they're referencing is a caricature, you know, and it, or sometimes even worse than that, something that has nothing to do with the reality, something that under, they understand from Tumblr or Facebook or whatever, that this is what this is what these people are. And they're trying to relate to me in that way. And in order for me to get to know this person, I have to disabuse them of, of these notions of this is how people like me are and what we think, you know, and, and, and then yeah, get to a place yeah. where we can, you know, instead of just discovering who we are as people, I have to first say, no, all of that is wrong. And I'm not like that. And I don't think like that. Like, um, and, and that's, that's a lot of work, you know, yeah. that's a lot, that's a lot of work. I don't want to do it. Um, and I, I don't like being, don't like feeling that someone's not being authentic with me. Right. Um, that they're holding back because for, for any reason. Right. I mean, obviously everyone hates that, but I also, 
you know, it, it, it's harder to have that closeness with someone, you know, the warmth of a friendship if, if you feel like you can't be yourself or you feel like they aren't being themselves. You know that they aren't because oh, their yeah. politics won't permit it. It, um, it, it. Yeah, I think it gets in the way of, of authentic, you know, trusting relationships because trust is about like, okay, you'll accept me even when I sometimes say something you know, like fucked up or, or, you know, not politically correct or whatever. And you'll just correct me um, if I'm being that way, um, it, you know, and that I don't have to check myself all the time with everything that I'm saying. And I feel like there's that extra level um, of awareness um, that, that has, it has made my own relationships with just like new white people or like people who seem very progressive Mm -hmm. um, I'm always just like, oh no, <laughs> this is kind of, they're going to tell me about, you know, so it, 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 like they'll tell me about, about Bollywood and I don't know anything <laughs> about Bollywood, you know, but, but they'll assume that I know because I'm South Asian and, uh, um, and you know, they'll tell me about Quantico. What is Quantico? It's a show. It's a show where, with a Bollywood actress. I don't, I don't, I don't watch TV. You know, I don't, oh my God, that's like, horrible. But, yeah, this is, it's like a get out kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. This is, yeah, that's real. I'm, that's horrible. That's just embarrassing. And that's really lame. I'm sorry. I, yeah, it's, I mean, it's okay. It's like, it's not, I mean, it's not hurtful. It's I'm, just, I'm, I'm going to bang my head on the desk right now, Sarah, to I make up for it. To, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, um, I'm going to flagellate. I'm going to spend the rest of the day sitting you, with myself. You should PayPal me. Here's my link. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> reparations um, um yeah um no it's a pretty it's a pretty sorry state of affairs um yeah it's, it's just awkward it's just it's awkward it's the, it creates a distance between people that i think didn't exist no only you know just just five years ago didn't exist 10 years ago definitely didn't exist Well, we thought with obama it was going to be over we thought we were in the post-racial well isn't era. that interesting isn't that interesting that i it 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 at the at the moment where you know when Obama was elected, you would have said everyone would have said that this is going to make it, that this is you know I think in, in some many people's eyes this was proof that we had reached a certain level of progress um, at the, and that the and that we were yeah post racial post uh, you know after after this election but everything seemed to get more intense the conversations about race became more fraught. Um, and, and the view of America is suddenly, you know, I mean, 2000, what you have said about what America is in 2007, what kind of place it is to live, um, and what you would say about America in 2017, um, you know, I, I feel like the average person will say this is the worst place, um, for black and brown people in 2017 based off of all these conversations that we're having. I don't think that that's, mm -hmm. that's actually true in reality, no. but no. it is the state of our discourse. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if that's, if the two things are related in some way that we're not fully comprehending. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I mean, if you tell women that they're in danger every time they step out of their house, then they're going to feel like they're in danger. If you mm -hmm. tell women that the patriarchy um, is keeping them down, then they will be kept down. It's mm. that simple. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously it's not that simple, but no, it's, it's power of, of suggestion. I mean, th this is where words do matter. Um, yeah. and I just, I know I have to wonder, 
like how much of it is just social media, the way that all of these little dynamics have been reduced to memes and hashtags and TikTok videos. Mm. I mean, is that because that wasn't going on? You know, in in 2007, you know, there was the internet and there was a little social media, but not what we have now. Not what we have now. Not at all. I, I think it definitely contributes to it. And there's also, I think, just like a and and this is this is going to get me in trouble. But should I think we save the more it for can... the should we save it for the bonus content? We have to the really juicy oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, we do have to. But do, do you want to get in trouble um, for the public now, or do you want to? Um, yeah, what yeah. Let's. Uh, I'll I'll save it. How about that? Okay. All right. Yeah. No, it's definitely uh, much worse than it was back then, and um, I think people it people the, the 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 amount of people that think that we've never been living in a more racist time in history is like mind blowing because that is simply not true. That's categorically untrue. Um, all right. Well, we're going to do some bonus content for the, um, for the paid subscribers. That's, that's who, right? Yeah. So, um, we're going to wrap up the public version of this. Is there, uh, is there anything we want to say? Um, um, anything we want to tell please, people? If, I mean, if you liked this, um, please, um, rate us on, on iTunes. Oh, that's or wherever right. Yes. You're getting, yeah. Wherever you're getting this podcast, please give us um, a five stars rating. It would be super helpful. <laughs> Write a review. Five stars um, only because Sarah is a person of color. And, and well, if you don't, you're racist. That, <laughs> remember that I'm a person of color. I'm also a woman and I'm also an immigrant. So I'm a lot of, yeah. I'm a lot of things. And um, please support me. Me. Yeah, don't do it for me. Do it for her. Don't do it for Megan. No. Uh, Megan's a white woman. I'm but do it everything. Yeah. Do it for me. Okay. Yeah. And if you're not, um, it's uh pure it's pure white supremacy. Okay. So they should rate us on iTunes. What do we have going with like Stitcher and the other um, podcast places? Because I know there was a people were asking. Yeah, about they that. they should be up. Most of them should be up. Um I think the only one I'm having trouble with is audible um but every everything else should be should be already up or it's 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 um pending approval um but i think we should be up on on most major podcast catchers okay so for our paid subscribers what are they gonna get so our paid subscribers if you are a regular paid subscribe paying subscriber on our Substack, that's a special place dot substack.com um you will get bonus content at the end of every episode you will get basically a specially long episode um some extra little bits just for you um on your substack um app or just your email if you're just operating through email um you will get longer versions of our regular um, podcast episodes. We hope you'll enjoy them. We think that that's um, a nice little perk. Um, and then maybe down the road, we'll think about other, other perks that we can give our lovely subscribers. If you are a, um, a founding member, um, which is just uh, God tier subscription level, um, we will have um, quarterly-ish uh, hangouts, zooms um of with you and maybe a small group of of 
other founding members and myself and Megan to just chat about things. Yeah. So isn't that and, a great and, perk? And, for, and people can um, um, bow to you and say namaste. They need yeah. anybody who wants to pay reparations can do it on the Zoom with Sarah. There you go. You but you actually have to pay more. A- you know what? They have to pay more. They have to be more than a founding member. They have to be a founding we'll father another. member. Father? That's- they have to be a founding father member. They have to be like, yeah, like re- super problematic. But that's father is, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's- Yeah, like they have to have owned slaves. That's what I'm mm. saying. Okay. And then they can pay a lot and then they can pay reparations to you. And then me uh, personally, yeah. I will send you I'll all just stay my out of it. I'm not even going to show up to that zoom because <laughs> I don't want to take up space. So there. All right. I think we have it all wrapped up. Okay. All right. So subscribers are going to get a little more bonus content. The rest of you, you've had enough of us. <laughs> we'll see you next time. So Karen, don't